Yeah, thanks, Matt. I, I want to echo a few of the things you said, which is <clears throat> by no means am I perfect. Uh, I have, um, when Matt asked me to do this, um, immediately I was like, uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, it's, it, but I'm, ex I'm really excited to do this because uh, I do recognize, and first and foremost, I have to come out and say, I, I do recognize that like, I'm not perfect. And I have, uh, uh, I have like, in these last three, four years of being out of college, <clears throat> have not been like a walk in the park. It hasn't been any picnic. But that is like why I'm excited to do this because um, I don't think I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think I'm abnormal. I think a lot of you guys are going to face the same things I did. And I think it's, it's just kind of a natural progression as you uh, graduate college and as you, uh, Lord willing, get married or, or get a job or move or, or, or any of these things, you're going to be faced with a lot of, uh, <clears throat> a lot of things that, that just naturally come with life. And, uh, and you kind of live in this college bubble that you don't realize you're in right now. Uh, and it's awesome. Like, it's, it's fun to be in that. And uh, just even preparing for this, Lindsay and I talked quite a bit about uh, just, just the fun we had in college. I remember sitting right here at a cross life, or a, I think it was a campus crusade retreat, uh, doing the things you've been doing all weekend. And uh, it is an awesome time. Um, so yeah, just a, a little more about me. Um, I did grow up in Billings. Uh, Matt was wrong a little bit, and he said, I walked faithfully with the Lord all through college. Uh, it wasn't until my sophomore year that I really, um, I really started taking my walk seriously. Um, I grew up in a really strong Christian uh, home, um, great theological conversations at dinner, uh, also, I mean, just a, yeah, an involved family. Um, but as maybe some of you here could attest to and, and relate to, um, uh, I looked really good on the outside. I was, I was really moral. I kind of had my life put together. I was uh, a golden boy in my friend group, and, uh, and it came to a head my sophomore year. And so I, uh, I remember I was at a bar in Butte and, and just was extremely convicted. Being like, and I just remember thinking, I, I look like everyone else here. Like, there's no difference between me and this, this drunk guy sitting right next to me. And it was this, the Lord just put it on my heart, like, and he said, yeah, you do look like everyone else. Uh, and and I remember, I, the verse that was brought to my mind was <clears throat> in Revelation, it says, because you're neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And I was this, I mean, classic straddle in the fence example. And so I remember I walked home and I just was like, like this is a, it was, I remember it was just a major turning point in my life where I, I started taking things seriously. Um, and by no means from then was it a walk in the park either. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it's a Christian life. You know, we're learning and growing and, and God's uh, disciplining and, and it's, it's good stuff. But I'm so thankful that God uh, saved me when he did because I got to uh, meet guys like Matt and, and, and be around groups like Cross Life and, and be involved in the Christian ministries uh, throughout college. Um, so my prayer tonight, uh, as, I, as I just thought about uh, you guys and what we're going to talk about, uh, like it's, it's kind of been on, I mean, I, like these past couple years, it's, it's a heavy burden on my heart to do, I just want to do life well. I'm not looking for any gold medals here, but, but this is like, like some of these things are kind of slogging through. Uh, and you're just, you kind of got to grind a little bit. And, and that's okay, but as a Christian, I, wanted, I just want to do it well and, and do it faithfully uh, to the Lord. And yeah, there's, there's no gold medals. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no one waiting at the finish line ready to give me a high five. Uh, but that, but I, think that's, I think that's what God's called us to, you know, as a faithful life in, in Him where we don't see the immediate results. <clears throat> and so um, I know you guys are going to, 
yeah, be diving into the scene. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you in that. Um, and so what do I mean by, uh, I want to talk about like sheltered college life. Uh, I don't want to come down hard on you guys. Uh, and I'm sure I don't speak to everyone here, but life's pretty good for you. Like, <laughs> you have uh, class schedules and finals uh, are the big worries. And, and, there's, and there's other things going on. There's big things going on. And I don't want to diminish those or lessen those at all. But, uh, but you're kind of in the shelter of, of short time scales. And what I mean by that is uh, you have a semester, and then it's all done. And you get to relax and take a break and, and do nothing for a break. Uh, and, then, and then you're back up again. You know, you've got a class schedule, and you're in the thick of it. And then there's a spring break, and oh, you get to relax. And, then, and, then, and so you have these short little sprints. Um, but then you get into the real world, and you get a job and uh, in a serious relationship. And, uh, and you start realizing these time scales are a lot longer. In fact, they're your life. You know, you, don't, you start seeing that, wow, there's, there's not a break at the end of this. It's, a, it's like I, gotta change. I, got, I was doing these short little sprints and getting good at them. But now it's like this marathon that I gotta just gotta work through, and uh, and there's major blessings that come with that, but there's there's challenges that come with it too, and the transition is the major challenge, just getting used to that. Um, Lindsay and I just talking about this, uh, realized there's this kind of a um, there's kind of this this phase change that happens. Uh, in, in college, we remembered. Uh, we, were, we were involved in, in it all. We were cross-life retreats, uh, cross-life, campus crusade, uh, athletes Bible study. Uh, she was involved in a lot of girls' Bible studies. Uh, we were both being discipled and discipling others. I mean, just every day of the week almost had something. And I bet a lot of you guys could, could say something similar. Uh, and then we graduated. And, and the difference there is, we, like, uh, still these things happened, but we went from seeing groups like this daily and talking with people like this all the time to now seeing each other and, and our, uh, maybe our close friends weekly. And so it just was this social, like, major shift change. Um, and so uh, we realized that we didn't know how many things we had in our lives that were just spiritual crutches. Like, just a group this size. Like, you don't, you don't realize the reason you came is because your buddy came. It wasn't because you were like, man, my spiritual life could really use a weekend away. It was just, I'm doing what the crowd's doing, which is so ironic because... Christian, Christianity is against the flow, you know, it's against what the world's doing. But nonetheless, uh, I know it's true because I was there where, you know, my immediate friends were doing these things, I'm going to do these things. I, I know they're good, but, but my heart motive behind it was, uh, was pretty hidden or it even wasn't there. It was just kind of saturated in, well, it's, it's kind of what all the, the people I do or I hang out with do. And so, and so what happens is you, you exit that group and a lot of these crutches kind of go away. Uh, and then you, um, okay, so then that happens on one hand. On the other hand, um, life kind of picks up a little bit. I mean, I, we were just thinking over the last three, four years, um, we got, I got chose to get engaged. Lindsay chose to get, to say yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> um, we got married. She followed through with it. And uh, uh, we we got a mortgage, and let me think, we chose to have a son. Well, we didn't choose, choose to have a son, but we chose to have a kid. Um, we had a miscarriage. Um, there was, uh, there, and I'm trying to blank, but there was some serious things that, <clears throat> that happened right after college. And here I was, and I, I, I was a boy. I mean, I was just a boy. I was just an immature 
not paying my own cell phone bill, boy. <laughs> and, and then a slap right into the real world. And, and so there's, um, so you could see how <clears throat> if my spiritual life relied on so many of these crutches and then life amps up, you kind of have a serious set of circumstances. You know, it's, it's not ideal. Um, and so I, what I want to go through tonight um, and talk about is, uh, is just to, to think about that while you're still in the bubble, to think about, I want to do the next stage well. And so I, and I figure there's kind of two groups here, or maybe you fall, most of you fall into two groups. There's one group that's like, man, my next five years are going to look like this. I'm going to graduate college. I'm going to get this job. I'm probably going to live here. I'm going to get married to this person. Here are my kids' names in my phone. You know, you, you have it all <laughs> planned out. And then there's probably the group that's like, I don't even want to think about it. Like, it's just, just postpone it as long as possible. I'll think about it when I get there. And I was definitely in that, in that latter group. Uh, and so my goal is that for both those groups, uh, the first group, I hope uh, that you walk away here thinking, man, I don't want to trivialize the next, uh, the next couple years of my life. I want to take it, take it seriously so I'm not, uh, so when, when, when life happens, I'm not, my expectations aren't uh, upset. And then the other group, I hope I, to encourage you because you can do it well. And that's the one thing, like life is going to be tough, but, but we can do it well because we have what it takes and like what God's word has, we can do this well. Uh, and so, I, I, yeah, I want to encourage you in that. I was thinking about an, an analogy <clears throat> preparing for this, and it's, um, I don't like using movie analogies, but it fits so well. And Lindsay approved it, so. Uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, you know, I don't know if any of you, many of you have seen the movie, but at the end, they're doing a retaliation attack against Japan. <clears throat> and they're, they're taking off these B-25 bombers from uh, an aircraft carrier, and uh, they have to load up on gasoline uh, because the distance they have to go is way farther than these B-25s are really meant to go. And, uh, and so they're, they're throwing all the weight out of these planes so they can get off this aircraft, run, uh, aircraft carrier in time so they don't plunge into the ocean. And, uh, and so they're just, I mean, they're, they're throwing the, the machine guns out. They're like gutting the thing, uh, and they're putting the gasoline in because that's what they need to get where they need to go. Um, and then you see him take off this aircraft carrier, and they, it drops right at the end, but then it, it kind of makes it. And so I, I, that just picture kept coming in my mind as I was preparing for this, is that you guys are driving down this, or flying down this aircraft carrier. Your wheels are still on the ground. Uh, are you going to make it? You know, or is there, are you going to hit water and wipe out? You know? And so I hope, uh, yeah, my encouragement, or what I want is that you you would figure out what the gasoline is to get it in the plane and what the essentials are, and then what's not essential and get it out. You know? And so you focus on the right things uh, moving forward. Um, so by no means is the things I'm going to talk about exhaustive or inerrant, <laughs> but these are the things I've just noticed have been critical uh, in, in Lindsay and I's lives as, as we've kind of uh, marched through the last uh, couple of years. So the first... Uh, the first is uh, spiritual devotion. And so I've kind of split this up in a, a few things. But um, so I, I talked a little, touched on it briefly already. But like, you guys got to make your spiritual life your own. And, and you, you, know, you may say, oh, what does that mean? Or, oh, I already got that handled. But what I mean by like, is you got to evaluate your own life and see if you got these crutches. You know? like, what, what are you depending on in your life spiritually? that when they're gone, like, the whole house is going to fall apart. Uh, if it's not Christ and him alone, then chances are something in life might come along, ordained by God, to shake, shake the foundation a little bit. Um, and so I, 
I think as you guys are looking towards this next stage and, and what's coming, like really analyze, like, is my foundation secure? Um, let's, let's just flip to Acts uh, 4, 4.10. known to all of you uh, and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the the dead, um, by him this man is standing before you well. This man is uh, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven um, given among men, uh, which we must be saved. Um, So I Many of you may know this, but what is a, a cornerstone? Well, a cornerstone is like a, a real technical building, uh, building term. A cornerstone physically was when they would build houses or, or buildings, it would be the first stone they laid in there, and they'd make sure it was perfect. And then every brick or every stone after that was, was squared off to that one. And so if that one was out of whack, then the rest of the building was, was, was out of whack as well. And so this is the cornerstone of, of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and so I, when you evaluate you guys' lives, um, I know I fell into this, and I, and I, I see myself falling into it even now, is, is here's, my, here's my spiritual column in my life. And it's, it's safe, and it's secure, and these are the things I do. But then between eight and five, here's my work column. And, and you know, I, I try to do that well. And then over here, here's my uh, marriage and being a good husband column, and then father, and, and so on. Uh, but it, it's not like that. It is the Jesus foundation, and then these other things I can do based on that. And whether I do it well or not as a Christian is how well that cornerstone is placed uh, in my life. Um, yeah, Jesus says in Mark, um, yeah, what does it profit a man if he gains this, or if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Some of the things we talk about, I could see you guys walking away and being encouraged uh, without having Jesus center your life. Like I, I could see you guys leaving with some of these things that make your life better, uh, which is a great thing. But if Jesus is not your life, then it is like nothing. Then you've gained nothing. And you might, be, uh, you might be more disciplined, or you might be a better person to sit next to at church. But if Jesus isn't the sole center and the sole purpose of your life, and, and you haven't laid your sins and your, your faith on him, then it's like... Yeah, it's yeah. You, you just haven't gained anything. What, what does it profit you? Um, so the next uh, spiritual devotion I, I want to hit on is is God's word. Um, I was so encouraged. I remember in college we asked Pastor Brian to come speak at our athletes Bible study, and he hit on this exact point. And um, and he he talked about how um, he just talked about the importance of getting God's word in your head, and it was like such a simple thought. And, and if you're anything like me, I, I tend to over-spiritualize that process. So I say, man, I gotta, it's got to be from 7 to 7.15 every day. Uh, or i got to have my coffee, and i got to have my, you know, and I, it's got to be this, this Instagram-esque uh, event. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and it was just like, no, like, that was a hindrance 
for me getting into God's word was because I felt like there was a process or there was a way of, uh, in which I had to go about it. And so it actually kept me from learning more about uh, the word through his word. And so I, my, what I want to say to you guys is, is don't over-spiritualize. The purpose of reading your Bible is to get the words in it in your brain. <laughs> like that's all it is. It, 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 in those 15, 20 minutes a day that you're doing it are, are fantastic. But the whole reason you're doing it is so you can leave that and then have it in your head as you do life. And, and so it was such a, like, it's such a simple novel thought, but it was like, man. And, and I remember him saying, like, like, it doesn't matter how you do it. Just, just get it in your head. If it's listening to tapes, if it's, uh, yeah, well, scripture on, uh, yeah, on tapes in your car or, or however it is. If it's like, oh, between meetings at work, you got a little Bible, you flip it open. The whole goal is just to get it in your head. It's not to check the box each day and say, yep, I, I got that one. I'm faithful, I'm faithful to God because I did this daily. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't profit you anything. That's, a, like, that's cool, you're consistent and stuff, but, but is your life changed by that time? Like, is those words you're reading uh, cha- like having a, an effect on your day? Um, let's flip to Deuteronomy 6. Fifth book of the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy six, four through nine. Israel, uh, yeah, you guys got it. Okay. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them, teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you, uh, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. Um, like, it was kind of funny. The first time I, I read this, I remember I came home and I was like, Lindsay, you have full reign to decorate this place with scripture. <laughs> because I just wanted, like, it just wanted to be around scripture because it just, the more I'm around it, the more I think about it, and the more it's, it's in my brain. And, and here you see God's uh, command right to Israel. Like, talk about these when you wake. Talk about them when you, when you go to bed. Like, write them down. Decorate your house, your doorposts. Like, just get around Scripture, because Scripture. I mean, we all we all know, like, is the 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 life breath of a Christian is is God's word in them. Flip a few pages to your right, uh, Deuteronomy seventeen. So that was uh, God's instruction to uh, Israel uh, as a whole. But Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy seventeen eighteen is uh, his instruction to the, to the kings of Israel. Um, uh, when, to, when you come to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you possess it, oh, I'm sorry, I'm at fourteen, seventeen eighteen. Uh, and when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, so this is the new king uh, that's been appointed over Israel. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, uh, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law approved by the Levitical priests. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it in all the days of his life. 
that he may learn to fear the Lord of God, Lord is, uh, God by keeping all the words of, of this law and these statutes and doing them, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, that he may not turn aside from the commandment either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in, his, in Israel. <clears throat> so here you have uh, the, the king of Israel, and here it says, uh, when he sits on his throne, the first thing he does, what's he do? No, he doesn't start building up his army and commanding people. He sits down and he copies God's word by hand. And then, he just, and then here you have the king who has to then take his homework assignment and get it checked off by the priests. And I think that's just kind of funny, but how important, God's doing this for the king of Israel. How important that the king has his, uh, has his word uh, in, his, uh, in his mind. And then in verse 20 it says, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brother's that he may not turn aside uh, from the commandment, either the right hand or to the left. Uh, it just goes to show you the, the importance of God's word and how it just keeps you on the path. It keeps you direct. And, and it's just so hard to dip into it every now and then and expect any life results. Like, it's got to be in your head. It's, and there's this, yeah, and so my encouragement to you guys is, is no one here is, is going to be the same. I'm sure I'm vastly different in how I go about it than, than you guys. Uh, but find how it works for you. Like find what works best for you, and then do it. And and it's your thing. And 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 get to know God's word. Um, okay. So the next uh, <clears throat> kind of next thing I want to talk about a little bit is uh, spiritual community. Let's uh, let's go to Hebrews ten uh, twenty three. Yeah, like I was saying at the beginning, um, there's this, this thing that happens when you leave college and, and it's spiritual community is uh, it's very easily kind of kind of dissolves if you're not paying attention. And I think for Lindsay and I that, that did happen where it just we got busy and, and it's just easy to just not focus on it and it just kind of it kind of fades to the background because we weren't uh, we didn't have these crutches we didn't know we had, you know. We like, weren't around all the, the groups. We, we didn't have all these events that just happened. And we, you know, uh, it just, life got busy and we just, uh, we just kept going. Um, so Hebrews 10.23, this is a verse you guys uh, probably have seen before. Uh, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another uh, to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see, see the day drawing near. Um, I remember it was, a, it was actually a cross-life bonfire. Uh, the leader at the time, it, it, it seems silly, but he, he, he walked to the fire and he kicked a coal out of the fire. And we were just like, okay, guy. I thought he was trying to start his own little bonfire. Uh, but, he, but then he waited like five minutes, and, and, then, and then he started talking, and, and it was kind of going, and he said, he said, you guys remember when I kicked that coal out of the fire? And um, I'm like, yeah. And he said, you remember what it looked like? Well, when he first kicked it out, the thing was just red hot like you'd imagine a coal to be. Uh, but as he was talking about it, we looked at it, and the thing was you know, black. It was practically out. And, and he just, the word picture here is that you, uh, 
you know, you, you're on your own, you're going to burn out. You know, you try to do this by yourself, and, and it's just so hard. It's not impossible, but it, it's, it's when there's communities available and when these resources, resources are available to you, and it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, like, get with the coals. Get with the like-minded people um, uh, to help you along. I love that it says, uh, uh, verse 23, uh, um, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us to consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Man, that is so true. Stir it like just the community that stirs up. It's, it's just osmosis. And what I mean by that is just proximity stirs one another. It's just, it's just serving, serving God next to somebody has, has just a, a power. You know, it just is like, uh, it's just such a, such a blessing to do. Um, and it's just, when you, when you start that job, you know, when you, when you get out and you, you get that, that house or you get married, do not neglect meeting with one another. Uh, finding, if, if you move to a full new place, it should be the priority. Because if you wait six months, a year, uh, to get connected to a church, it's like, man, that is just, it's just hard. It's just, it'll just be tough. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, This is talk. This chapter is about um, spiritual gifts. Um, verse twelve: For just as one, or just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, uh, through many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Uh, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, uh, and we are all made to drink of one Spirit. Uh, for the for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any sense. Uh, make it any, or sorry, not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, uh, that would not make it any, any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, there would, be, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Was that, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Uh, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Um, yeah, I, I think you, you're, you're seeing what I'm saying here. Is, uh, is you, uh, everyone here has been, been blessed with something. Uh, it's some spiritual gift, something they can add to the group. And, and God has given you that so you could do it. And you will see, when you're doing that thing, uh, you'll know it. You know, you know, this is it. And you're contributing. And you're contributing, contributing to the local body. And so, uh, not only are you, if, if you're not involved and you're that coal out on your own, not only are you uh, lacking because you're not getting the, uh, uh, being uh, encouraged by the body, but the body is lacking because it's not being encouraged by you. Like, you have something you can bring to it. And, uh, and so, I, I've just seen that in, in my life in the, in the past uh, three, four years. It's just this, uh, this mutual uh, it's mutual building up that happens with Christians um, and just how important it is. I liken it to uh, 
paddling a boat and you think um, you've got, let's say it's a bigger boat with uh, lots of places for people to paddle, I guess, and, um, and you know, you're paddling and you're contributing and you're going somewhere. Uh, and there's people in the boat that aren't paddling and they're just, they're just kind of sitting there. Um, and they're not, they're not really, you know, they're doing anything. And what do you do when you're, when you're not paddling but you're on a boat? Well, you're looking at everyone else, you know, you're, you're saying, man, this guy's not paddling that hard or, you know, this guy's doing everything, you know, and you're just a spectator and you're not contributing. And so my encouragement to you guys is to grab a paddle and get going and just start, start working your way uh, through there. Um, and there's different pat, like there's a guy in the back of the paddle and he's steering the boat a little bit. There's the guys in the front that are kind of the power, you know, and, and so it's like, well, what role is yours? You know, but, but grab a paddle and get in the back and steer. And if that's not your thing, then put, you know, and go up front. And I, yeah, I hope you understand what I'm, I'm getting at. Um, um, and so another big aspect of this uh, is of spiritual or like of community uh, is the friends you have. And maybe even more so than friends is, is the group you surround yourself. Um, like who do you associate uh, yourself with or who do you, who do you spend time around? Um, Proverbs twelve twenty six: the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked uh, leads them astray. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty: walk with the wise and become wise. The companions, a companion of fools suffers harm. Um, this is a, I mean, this, these, these things are a big part of my testimony. I can think of uh, why I was at that bar in Butte was because my buddies from high school were there, you know, and they, they brought me along. And, um, and I have great friends from high school that I really like. And they're, they're like, for the most part, they're good people. Uh, and they're, they're not believers, but, but they don't really drag me down much. I mean, maybe that's a bad example, the bar in Butte, but... But for the most part, they're like, like I can go hang out with them, and, and they, like, they're, they encourage me to be a better husband, you know. They, but, but their, uh, their head's not in the game spiritually, um, and and I recognized that uh, through college uh, when I was like, man, I'm hanging out with these guys, and and when I'm with them, it's like the car's in neutral, you know. I'm just not getting anywhere, um, and uh, and then I, I I see like, man, I got. I have Christian friends. They're, they're not really who I spend the time around, uh, but they, uh, but these guys are really running. You know, they got their foot on the pedal a little bit, and I just, re- I, it just was so apparent to me that when I, when I kind of transitioned, uh, transitioned over, and it was a difficult process. I mean, I, I even a few years ago, uh, I had some tough conversations about some high school friends wondering why they weren't my groomsmen in my wedding, and and it was just kind of tough. Uh, but I and would never regret uh, spending less time with them and spending uh, more time with the friends I had in college. Um, now, moving past college, a lot of these friends, uh, they don't, the friendships don't disappear. They just, you realize that they just get, there's just fewer meaningful friendships uh, because people move and, and it's hard to maintain a friendship when they live across the country or, or they're married. You know, when you just, life's different uh, when you get married. And so you realize that your friends aren't like, uh, you just have fewer friends. And so my, my ex- exhortation to you guys is, um, as exiting college, uh, try to spend time around people that, uh, that got their head in the game, you know, that, that, are, that are running hard after the Lord. Um, and, uh, and not only that, but I'd say spend time around people that are in the similar stage of life as you or, or at least have those people near. 
Um, it's okay to have, like, I have single friends, uh, single Christian friends. I love them to death, and that's okay. But when I spend a ton of time around my single friends, I get depressed. <laughs> I, it's just a, I just get, like, sad. It's like, man, I, wanna, I just want to be doing these things, and I, you know, and I feel sorry for myself. But then when I spend time around, spend time around with my married friends, we're like, yeah, man, I just, I'm so excited. I get to, this weekend, you know, my wife and I are doing this thing. Or, you know, and, it, and it's, we're in similar stages of life. And it's, and it's such a blessing. But when I'm not with those people, and I'm, it's just, it's just kind of wearing. And it just wears on you over time. And so I, I want to be careful because I know, uh, like, a lot of you have friends in different stages. And so I have no way I want to, am I saying that you need to cut these people off. But what I am saying is have people near you who are in similar stages uh, in life. Um, have, have people near you who have uh, like similar uh, goals. Um, if you're wanting to get married, spend time around people that want to get married or uh, are married. And if, if you're married, yeah, and then the opposite is true, obviously. Um, yeah, are your friends encouraging, or are these people encouraging you towards, towards godliness? Those great friends I had in high school uh, were great and into college, but they didn't encourage me towards godliness. I was nominal when I was with them. You know, I, I wasn't being pushed. I was just, uh, yeah, I was just stagnant. Uh, I wasn't a, a growing at all. Um, and yeah, and the Lord doesn't call us to a nominal relationship with him or to a nominal life for that matter. Um, uh, the next uh, big one in spiritual community <clears throat> is discipleship. So uh, I can honestly say to you guys, like I would not be standing here. I probably wouldn't be married um, if I didn't have, uh, there, if there wasn't older guys that poured into my life. Like I just, I just don't know where I'd be. And like even these, even like uh, getting into marriage and growing, like man, I had to, I seek people out. There's new things. I didn't, you know, I, I just was learning so much. And, and uh, now parenting just brings, you know, struggles that I grab an older guy who's done it and ask him, like, what, what do you do with this? Or where's that at? That is such a blessing. I don't, like, that is a resource, and especially in the body of Christ, that everyone should have. Like, you should have two or three guys that are older, or guys or, or gals that are older than you that have been through what you're going through. And if, you know, you got a, like, someone who can, who understands the difficulties that things bring, and, and can encourage you in that. Um, and it, it has just been such a blessing for me. Paul says, uh, Paul says in First um, Corinthians, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I'd encourage you guys to find people that can humbly and confidently say those words. So they can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's a powerful statement. Like, I, I, I'd, be very, I mean, I'd be timid to say those words myself but someone who, who you know can say those things. Paul said them. Um, and I can think of a lot of guys at Grace who, uh, and, and even in the surrounding community that could say those things. It's like, man, no, you go stick to those guys like glue, you know? Like, it is such a good resource. If you guys are serious about doing the next stage of life well and, and about uh, graduating college, entering the workplace, Lord willing, getting married, starting a family, like, this is just imperative. Like, get somebody... Find someone that's a little older than you that can help you out. Um, it's just a, yeah, it's just been a huge, uh, huge part of my life. Um, the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is, is discipline. Um, and this is one that, that has really hit home for me 
probably the past uh, nine months and about 16 days, if you catch my drift. Um, and, uh, and because I realized I just, I just not a very disciplined guy. And I just, it was something that, that convicted me. Uh, I, uh, I remember, yeah, well, it, it's before nine months and six days, actually. I, I recognized this actually in, in 2015. Uh, and it was my uh, year goal in 2015 to become a morning person. And I just realized, like, I enjoy sleeping in. Like, I just, like, and, and when I wake up in the morning, on a Thursday morning, I'm like, one more day, and that Saturday morning's here, and I'm just going to sleep, and it's going to be good. And, and it's like, man, and then if I had to wake up early, it was always just a difficult process. And it was like, look, I'm like, name, name a person that's, that's older, doing life well, that sleeps a lot, you know? Like, you know, it's just, you, you don't find that. And I was like, I'm like, this is an area where I'm just immature and like, I need, and so I spent the year and it was like silly waking up on Saturday mornings when I had nothing going. But, and it was just kind of a slow slog, but I had to like, and, I, and I'm thankful that, I, that that kind of happened because, uh, because I've, I learned a lot about myself. I learned with discipline that you kind of got to get the ball rolling. You know, you just got to get it, get it going and, and get some momentum. Uh, you can't expect to be disciplined in, uh, in the word daily if, like, nowhere else in life you're disciplined in anything. Like, you got to, like, it's just you got to be consistent. So what comes to mind, if I were to ask you guys individually, like, uh, when you think of personal discipline, what, like, what are some things that, that come to mind? Um, or if I ask, like, what, where, what areas are you working on discipline in your own personal life? Uh, would you have things lined up? Would you be like, yeah, you know, I'm working on uh, trying to be more, you know, with my time. Or, you know, you have a few things listed out. Or would, would you just be like, man, I've never really thought about that. If you've never really thought about it, then chances are uh, you're not very disciplined. You're just not very disciplined. You, you've, you've gotten comfortable with, with life. Um, and it's, uh, it's some fault of your own, but there's a lot of culture influence. You know, we have this thing called Netflix where you can watch seasons of episodes and, you know, how, you, know you just do what you want, when you want, how fast you want. And, and it's just surround, it's surrounded us. We have no, like, uh, we have no... Um, we just uh, impatience in life. Like we just don't have to be patient for many things. We when we want them, we, we go get them. We you know we uh, order something on Amazon. It's there the next day, and and then we just get used to that. And so we expect quick results with everything we do. It's just our expectation, and and so you kind of gotta step back and see that as like wow, this is like the cultural norm. This is what we live in normally. Uh, well, that is uh, adjacent to a Christian life. God calls us to be faithful. You know like. Uh, those who put their hand to the plow and look back are not fit for the kingdom of God. And so, like, we're, like we're in this for the long haul, and everything else in life is like quick and easy. But, but that's like, like God works. Like, it's we're here on this planet for 70, 90 years, and God's sanctifying us through that whole thing. You know, when we're 80 years old, Lord willing, God will be showing us sins that we had for 80 years. You know, or you know, and we'll be sanctifying. And it's, just a, it's, a, it's a good pro- process. And we thank the Lord for that. Um, so let's look at what, what, the Lord, or what God's Word says about um, <clears throat> discipline. 1 Timothy 
um, okay, verse 7, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving full acceptance. Um, Yeah, verse 10, for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all, especially uh, of those who believe. Um, I, I was just uh, searching around and, and like looking at the reference, and I found, I mean, I could have listed you guys off dozens of verses that say, uh, that say like strive, you know, or say um, be steadfast. Um, and, and like here it says toil, and, yeah, toil and strive. Like it is just, uh, it's it's the encouragement that uh, the biblical authors give us over and over and over again is to toil and to work hard. Um, and when you when you exit college, results don't come fast. You know, they just don't come fast. You don't get that A on that final right away. You know, you, you're changing diapers for a long time, and then there's no one to give you a high five at the end of it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just a it's just different. And you and it's not. Like it's not like it's the worst thing, but it's it's a different stage of life that you you got to be prepared for and, and ready for, uh, and it's just yeah, like I was saying earlier, it's just a, a pace thing. You don't have these short sprints. You're it's a marathon. Um, yeah, a couple more of those verses, Galatians six nine, and let us. And I'll just read them off here. You don't need to flip to them, but let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Do not grow weary. Like, this is such an encouragement. James 1.4, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 1 Corinthians 15.58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing uh, that in, in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Um, wanting to do this next stage of life well. You're wanting to, you're wanting to get married, or you're wanting to be... Yeah, you're wanting to have a job uh, working uh, 40, 50 hours a week, want to have kids. Like, these are the words you got to cling to. It's like, I want to do this well, steadfast, unmoving, consistent. Like, these are big ones. So on the flip side, I want to talk a little... So, so those are the positive, doing, doing these things well. I want to talk a little bit about, about laziness. And, um, yeah, my... Yeah, I, I just think, I know my, my wife would say different, but uh, this is something I've, like, I, I, naturally I know I have extremely high expectations for myself, but I just, like that year of 2015, uh, where I, I tried not to sleep in, uh, that was because I recognized, man, I'm a lazy guy. Like, I just, like, do have lazy tendencies. And, and if I want to I, I be a good dad, or if I want to be a good husband, like, find me a good husband out there who's lazy, you know? You know, it's just non-existent, you know, and find, find me a guy in the church that people, uh, that is an, an encouraging, uh, loves his wife well, uh, leading Bibles, any of these things that is a lazy guy, and, and you won't find one. You just won't. And so it, it's just something, you know, uh, Jeremiah says in Lamentations, it is good for the man uh, to bear the yoke while he's young, um, it's good for, yeah, Caleb's paraphrase here is, it's good for man to learn discipline while he's young because you have energy and you can spring back, you know, and your whole life is going to thank you for it. You know, it's while you're young, like, let's set these things 
well, so you have a life of a, a, a good marriage, or being a good dad, starting off early, you know, like, and I just think, like, being disciplined and getting rid of laziness uh, is just so vital for that. Um, I re- read a quote from uh, John Piper, a lot of you guys probably know, but it's, it's, laziness is the passivity, or laziness is not the passivity it pretends to be. It is active obedience to something other than Jesus Christ. I'll read it again. <clears throat> laziness is not the passivity it pretends to be. It is active obedience to something other than Jesus Christ. Uh, it's such a, I mean, it's such a convicting verse. Um, or sorry, not a verse, just a, a quote. Um, just how it's, it's a replacement. You know, it's a replacement for Jesus. I'm not like I'm serving something other than Christ right now. It's an idol, and whether that be uh, myself sleeping in, or or anything, fill in the blank. Uh, it is a replacement for Jesus Christ. Um, it's uh, I've heard it from multiple sources, but something that uh, is kind of a uh, maybe a hallmark American Christianity thing is when trials come, when when difficult things happen, we pray for them to be over. <laughs> you know, we pray for them to stop. Lord, please take this from me. Lord, I, I pray we get over this fast. Lord, remove this burden. Uh, and I've heard like the church in China. Uh, they say, the difference is when trials come, we pray for stronger backs. You know, we pray that, Lord, teach us, what are you teaching us through this? Like, maybe grow stronger so you can, we can grow through this. And I think, man, I, it was such a, yeah, every time I hear that, I'm like, man, that's so true. Because I just see so often in my life, I just want to avoid difficulties, you know, and just, just keep meandering around, avoiding things. But, man, what is God teaching us through the difficult things? Like, you know, what, what is going to come next in your guys' life that's going to be difficult? You probably, a few things might come to mind, but, but chances are uh, you don't know. You, you know, you're just like, well, I'm just going to keep doing the, my thing here, and, and, and life's going to happen. Um, but when it happens, like, you want to be geared up, ready to do it well. Um, <clears throat> I touched on it a little bit already, but, uh, yeah, a holistic view of discipline. Um, yeah, do you guys look at your lives holistically uh, in view of discipline. Um, you, you might be a guy or girl who, who reads your Bible faithfully uh, day in and day out, <clears throat> but is there other areas of your life uh, that you're just major lacking in this? And I don't think, I just don't think you can do it all of life uh, well if you have major uh, areas where you're just uh, struggling. Like you, you got, it's the little things. Luke 16, uh, let me see here. Uh, Luke 16, 10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Um, and this is kind of a, I've seen this uh, in a lot of different arenas in life. <clears throat> in college football, I, I noticed this uh, almost immediately with guys on the team. Uh, they didn't pay attention during these little uh, individual drills. You know, they didn't they weren't pay attention to the coach and film. But on game day, man, they were geared up and they were ready to go because game day is what mattered. And when they got out on that field, they just didn't perform. You know, things just didn't happen for them. Uh, I see a, a guys at work. Uh, they're uh, just not really paying attention much, uh, or not really just working very hard, taking you know, not taking meetings seriously, or not. Um, yeah, maybe not staying late to finish a project or something. 
And then when, when big things happen or when they're expected of, like they just, they just don't, they don't perform well. It's like you got to look at the, the microscopic level of your life and see, like, am I, am I doing the little things well? Um, I, yeah, it's just to talk a little bit about, uh, about work, because I know you guys are going to, um, yeah, I know this is one of the next things in life for you guys. You, you know, you've probably got, you know, you're praying, hoping for a, a job opportunity in the next, uh, next couple of years, you know, because like Matt said, uh, chances are you're not going to end up in, in vocational ministry. Maybe a, a couple, handful of you guys are, but, um, uh, but I, uh, and, I, and this is one area where I'm like, I'm learning a lot, and I, I wish I was there last night for Danny Johnson's talk, because uh, being a witness in the workplace, that's a, like, how to do that well is, is tricky, because they're, because I see, uh, I've worked with Christians in the past, and I've worked with, uh, yeah, guys who, who, who try, and, and it's just, uh, yeah, there, it's just interesting dynamics with the people you're around, and, and it's a tricky one, so I, I don't know if I can fully speak on it because I'm learning so much, but a, a few things I want to touch on is, and it kind of goes along with some of these discipline things, is, is both at work and on the football team, it was, uh, it was just always amazing to me how much the people you were around paid attention. And what I mean by that is they were so fast to pick out what you did wrong. And they were so like, uh, and then to let you know about it. And, and then not only let, like, like I had friends on a team who uh, weren't believers who'd see another Christian friend of mine do something he shouldn't, and they'd come tell me about it, you know, and it was like they were, they were so, so quick to want to disqualify the Christians, and I've seen that in the workplace as one of the biggest uh, uh, hindrances to a good witness is just, uh, is just not, people not being consistent. One day they'd be sharing the gospel theologically perfectly, and they would just be like, man, it, it's just like, praise the Lord, amen, like this guy's killing it. And the next day, they'd be getting mad in a meeting or something. And it was just like, man, and, and it just kind of blew their witness. And it's unfortunate that uh, it's unfortunate that um, that we're under such a uh, such a microscope. But uh, but I, I think it's something I, I've learned. I had to strive towards. And what I've learned too is so much more opportunities come to me uh, to talk to people. Is when uh, when I'm doing that well, when I'm consistent, uh, consistent in that, and uh, and so I think it's twofold: uh, witnessing in the workplace. One is you got to be prepared to give a witness. You know, you got to be ready to give an account for the faith and hope that you have in Christ. Uh, but two is when you're not talking, what are you doing? You know, uh, what's your life look like? Because people are watching. You know, what? Uh, yeah, how are you responding when your boss says something that you don't like? Uh, or um, you just worked so hard on this project and you deliver it to the guy, uh, to your superior or whatever, and, and he rips it apart. What's your response then? Because that is like, there's power in those actions. Um, and, then, and then when inevitably you're inconsistent, uh, the humility like, that comes with that is, is absolutely required. And... And that, some, in some cases, it's a crazy thing. In some cases, that will go farther than being consistent. Because we're not perfect. You know, we're going to screw it up uh, on a lot of different levels. But it is so rare, especially in the work world, where people are working to outdo one another and to, to climb the ladder, for you to admit you're wrong, you know, and humbly come before someone and say, man, I was, I'm sorry, like, I, I responded poorly there. 
Like that is, there's such power in that. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, Matthew 5.16, let's flip there really quick. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, uh, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others uh, so that they may see your good works and give glory uh, to your Father who is in heaven. Um, I've had such a blessing of, of working underneath um, a boss who's a, a very strong believer. And like when I read this, I, I think about him and how he operates at work. Like He's just... Um, yeah, he's just so humble, and he and he admits his wrong as the as the as the the highest rank in the company. He will go next to the the janitor and say, "Man, I'm sorry, I did this," you know. And I think it, uh, yeah, it just goes right along. Um, it, the light that guy shows, you know, at work can't be hidden, you know. And people notice, and people talk about it, and is this a cool thing? So my encouragement to you guys, there is. Uh, it's when you're when you're thinking about working and thinking about man, I just want to be a good witness at work. And I'm, I'm right now I'm uh, in college and I'm uh, working on sharing the gospel with my classmates or my uh, teammates or or whatever it might be. And you're like, man, next season of life I'm going to be in, in the workplace and I'm going to have that guy working next to me. I'm just excited for that. I want you to think about like you, there's two categories to think about. Think about how do I live well next to that guy in life? How do I get my finger smashed by the hammer and respond well? To that, and then how do I uh, how do I respond well when he comes to me telling me that his wife's leaving him, or you know, and, and be ready to give a uh, yeah, be ready to give an account for the hope that you have. Uh, kind of wrapping uh, kind of that that discipline uh, section up. Uh, there's a book I recommend to, to everyone here, Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sam, Sanders, but he has, a, um, he has a chapter in there called The Leader in Time. And what he, one of the things he says is, uh, <clears throat> it doesn't matter where you guys are from. It doesn't matter the, the color of your skin, how rich your folks were, um, your degree, anything. Every one of us has 24 hours in a day. Like there, there's this, no one's cheating that one. And... And so what do you guys do with those 24 hours? You know, are you investing them uh, well? Are you, and, it, and it's a convicting thought for me, but it's, uh, it's something I was like, man, I just want to use my time well. Uh, Lindsay and I have kind of this running joke where uh, every kind of new season of life, we say, man, I just want to go back in time and punch myself. <laughs> because what was I doing with all that time that I had? Like, in college, like, what was I doing? I had all that time. And then we got married and it's like, man, I, what, was I, what was I doing when I was just a single guy working? What was I doing with all that time? And then we had a kid and now we're like, what the heck did we do with our evenings when we had all that time? And so we were just like, we were just like almost mad at ourselves. And so now the inevitable question is, Lord willing, if we have two kids, 
is the future Caleb and Lindsay going to look at me now and say, you fool, what were you doing with all the time? And, and so it's like a, yeah, a funny approach, but it's like, seriously, like, man, because like, all it is is a perspective change. Like, that's all it is. I have, I'll have 24 hours today. In five years, I'll have 24 hours. And five years ago, I had 24 hours in a day. And so what, what is different? Well, like, I've obviously, I've, I've grown. You know, I've become more efficient with the time I have in a day. Uh, but all, like, it's, just, it's the same guy, you know? And so what can I do today, you know, that would, uh, that would spur me on to godliness with the time I do have? Um, yeah, so kind of in closing here, I don't know how I'm doing on time, but um, I had this reoccurring dream in football or in college, um, and I, I probably had it maybe a half dozen times, <clears throat> but it was the most frustrating dream. Uh, so some of you are probably aware, like the football team does this cat prowl and then go, to go to the stadium before every game. Uh, well, my in my dream, I was preparing just like I do, did for every football game for, this, for the prowl, you know, to go out and play the game with my teammates. And, uh, and something would be going wrong. Like, where's my cleat? You know, what, what the heck? Where is my, my cleat? And, and then, uh, and then the, the locker room slowly, like, emptying. I'm like, oh, I can't find it. And then, I, uh, and then I'm like, okay, uh, oh, there it is. I find it. Get my cleat on. I run out, join the back of the group, and start walking. And then the guy slaps me next to me. Dude, where's your helmet? I'm like, what the heck? Where's my helmet? And so I'd run back in the locker room and I'd and I'd oh, grab my helmet and I go out and then there'd be something else. Like I'd get to the game and and then I'm like they're like what are you going? Like we played this backup because you weren't here. And then and then something else would be missing. And then and then pretty soon I have everything and I know it and I get to the I get to the game and it's over. And, <laughs> And it was just the most frustrating thing. And so I was thinking about that as I was, uh, as I was preparing this. It's like, man, for you guys thinking about uh, the future, and, and, and there's big questions in your, in your mind that should, should be taken seriously. Like, man, what, how, what am I going to do uh, for a job? Or, or what's the next step for me? Like, these should be taken seriously. Um, like you should be prepared with the right things, you know, and be focusing on what what do you need for that football game, you know. Um, yeah, and I and the parable of the talents, a lot of you guys are probably aware of, but um, yeah, the farmer who had three servants and he gave them each uh, some money uh, uh, to hold on to as he was um, as he was leaving, and when he came back, uh, the first one. Uh, used the money, got some back. The second one used the money, got a little more back. And the third one just said, "Man, I, I just hold on to it because I, I was afraid of, you know, I was afraid I was going to lose it." And uh, and I know this group, uh, especially, has been invested in. Like I know you guys, like uh, you know, you've been you've been faithful, you've been faithful people, and and really have like uh, given a lot to Cross Life, and a lot has has happened. And and what will you, uh, yeah, what, what do you have going into this next station? stage of life that you've been invested with and what are you going to do well with um, I can think of a lot of things because I think I can think back to myself when I was sitting in these pews and thinking man like there's not a lot of college kids that are focused on the Lord right now you know there's just not um, and that's an awesome thing like that is that's a great thing um, closing verse here <clears throat> Hebrews 10 23 uh, we already even went over this but I I think it's like to wrap 
uh, to wrap things up, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Uh, man, it just, I think it just wraps everything up, uh, that, especially that without wavering. Maybe we be, may be believers, and we can be believers uh, on, based on the God's grace alone that don't waver. And may we be a witness to those people that are inevitably are going to be right next door, side by side, in the cubicle or on the job site or, or wherever. May we be people that don't waver because we have been given that cornerstone. You know, we have that cornerstone in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's all I got. So I'll just pray and close us here. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, uh, we do thank you uh, for this chance just to, to reflect and study uh, on what your word uh, says to us. Um, Lord, we thank you that you have uh, created a way for us uh, to be made right with you. Lord, you have set us uh, in high places, Lord. You have given us, uh, Lord, you've given us a new heart, Lord. We've gotten rid of that hard stone. Lord, I pray that as we enter this uh, next season of life, Lord, and, uh, and as we yeah, start thinking about the future, Lord, I pray you would direct us, Lord, and you would encourage us uh, uh, to work to do things well, Lord, that we might live uh, honoring lives to you, Lord, that we would, um, that we would use our time wisely uh, that we have, Lord. Um, Lord, that the time these guys have in college, Lord, as they prepare for next steps, Lord, that they would be diligent, um, Lord, diligent with it. Lord, that they might, and, and myself uh, absolutely included, Lord, that we might bear the yoke of discipline uh, while we are young. Lord, that you, would, uh, that, yeah, that you would teach us things, Lord, that you would grow us and mature us uh, in the faith um, for this next stage of life, Lord. And, and we know, Lord, it is, uh, it is a life called... Uh, to honor you, Lord. We know that, that we have many years ahead of us, Lord. I pray that uh, as early as we can, Lord, we would, uh, we would get directed towards you, Lord, and consistent, um, Lord, consistently seeking after you. Uh, Lord, we recognize that, uh, Lord, without you, n- none of this is possible, Lord. We, uh, we need you uh, in this, Lord, and we thank you because that is, uh, Lord, that is where uh, you want us to be, Lord, is, is where we, we should be, Lord, uh, before you. Um, so, so, Lord, we give up uh, this time to you, Lord. We, we ask that uh, uh, you would bless the rest of uh, this weekend, Lord, and that, uh, yeah, and we just thank you. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.